Well, good morning. Hey, welcome to Q&A. We're so glad that you're here with us this morning. And so if you have questions from the service, the number's up on the screen, and we encourage you to text them in. It's really a cool opportunity uh, because likely the question that's stirring in your heart and mind is also in the mind of other people. So we really encourage you to send those in. Um, love the sermon this morning. I, I think I was very challenged in a similar way about Paul. I thought he was just... God's guy, you know, like he's got it. Like you mean the boldness issue? Yeah, yeah. like with the boldness issue, I, that's not something I, I guess, I caught on to. Well, so honestly, I, I didn't either. Um, I think we, I think for a long time, I went. Well, he thinks we're supposed to be bold, and so it's kind of like, well, pray that I'll be bold. Mm -hmm. But I was struck that. Um, just because a person is bold doesn't mean that that has not been the work of God in their life. Right. And so the fact that that's what struck me, that, that that's what the apostles prayed for mm -hmm. in uh, Acts chapter 4 that I ended with, that these guys were more like us than maybe we want to recognize they're still learning. They had been with Jesus, but they're still learning what this means to live out their relationship with Christ. They're still having their minds adjusted to this reality that they thought the kingdom of God was going to be, you know, we're going to conquer the Romans and we're going to be the man on the planet. And that's not the truth. They're, going to, they're not going to be ruling. They're still going to suffer. That's still, still hard for them to adjust to from their mindset of what they thought the Messiah was going to bring. And so uh, I relate that to you and I because I think, I think we have sometimes this idea that we're children of God, all things are supposed to go well, God's looking out for us, uh, God's going to be for us, and if God's for us, then all things are going to be good, and then people aren't interested in the gospel, or people are resistant to the gospel, or our rejected, lives are hard, right. yes, and we suffer, and, and people pick on us at work, or, and we're like, Lord, this is not going the way I thought it would go. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, maybe this isn't true for everybody, uh, I think it probably is, though, oftentimes our circumstances really impact us negatively. Mm. Yeah, uh, I think about this simple reality. Uh, if I get sunburn, I'm like a miserable camper. And, when I, <laughs> and it's like, don't get near me, don't talk to me. Uh, I don't want to do anything as long as I'm sunburned. I'm so miserable. And quite frankly, if I would be sunburned, the last thing I would think about is be an ambassador for Christ. Right. And that's... You know, you, you think, wow, you're not very spiritual. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be wrestling with sunburn, and here's a guy um, in prison. And so I think we can forget that he was a real man. He would have had to battle fears like you and I would have mm. to battle fears. Right. Uh, he would have had to wrestle with thoughts of, Lord, have you forgotten me? Have you abandoned me? Is my death going to be a painful one? Are they going to torture me? You know, all those things that would run through our mind, mm -hmm. ran through the mind of the Apostle Paul. And so it helps me realize uh, because he acted bold doesn't mean he was naturally bold. I think he was 
supernaturally bold because he asked the Lord to make him and help him be supernaturally bold, just like Peter and John. Lord, take note of their threats. We might lose our life over this. And they weren't cavalier about that. Right. So grant us boldness, grant us courage, mm. confidence to speak. So translating that into our world, confidence to speak at work, confidence to speak in our family, confidence and courage to bring up spiritual things, mm-hmm. uh, confidence and courage to acknowledge, yes, we do trust in Jesus. Yes, we do need a Savior. Those are things that... Um, are very real, and I think they were real for Paul as well. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned work, so we have a question here about the workplace. Um, Honestly, I'm in fear at work that if I were to speak the gospel, which so many think opposes their view or against some other, against people, um, that I could lose my job or make a very painful work environment. How can I be bold in this environment? Yeah. Well, um, a couple things. Boldness doesn't mean rudeness, so and, and mm. I didn't necessarily hear that in that question, but sure. I'm not saying be rude. Right. I, would, I would acknowledge this. There, there was no guarantee that um, Peter and John, when they said, take note of their threats and grant our servant grant your servants boldness. There was no guarantee, Lord, if we do what you say, then you're going to allow us to live. Um, James, John's brother, ends up getting killed, Acts 15, I believe, for maybe Acts 12, for the sake of the gospel. So um, I think I hear in that question, how do I do this without losing my job? And you might not be able to. And, I don't, and I'm not cavalier about this in any way. Uh, I think what I would encourage you is take before the Lord this. Lord, you've called me to provide for my family. That is your will that I, that you, that I provide for my family. Currently, that's this job. Also, your will that I speak the gospel. Uh, you're not wasting company's time. Right. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You're not wasting company resources. Uh, if you should be working, working hard, but making, if you have opportunity and you're shrinking back because you might lose your job, this might sound trite. I don't mean for it to sound trite. I think that is a step of faith the Lord is inviting you to take, to trust him. Not to trust him that you'll keep your job. Because mm. I don't want to set out, that's not the promise. Uh, the promise is that he will be what you need. So it may mean that you would lose your job and have to get another job, and you'd have to trust the Lord for another job. But we don't shrink back from what the Lord has called us to do uh, because of fear. I was—I um, didn't want him to be too self-conscious about it, but I was so encouraged by Josh's t- testimony for his mm. baptism because, I mean— we all saw it. He's, he's reading, and, and he's shaking. He's scared. I understand that. And it's how many dozens and hundreds of times that I stand in that stage shaking, and I just didn't have to hold my paper. Uh, but he did it. He was obedient to the Lord in spite of his fear, and I know that that— that's as small as baptism, but I know some folks haven't been baptized because they're afraid to stand mm. and share their testimony. Sure. 
That's a step of faith. Sometimes we're afraid to share the gospel at work because we might lose our job. That's a step of faith. Sometime in our future, it may be that uh, we're afraid to share the gospel because it might put us in prison. That's going to be a step of faith. And there may be in our future, and I'm not trying to be doomsday here, but I live with the reality that there might be a day in my lifetime where speaking the gospel will be at the threat of your life, and that will be a step of faith. There's a, so uh, there are, faith is a journey of learning to take steps, sometimes in small things that lead to bigger things. And I would encourage you, work hard, be light at your work, uh, love people well, don't be rude, don't be aloof, and then share the gospel. Love people well, be a good worker, a hard worker, and as the Lord gives you opportunity, open your mouth, ask him for words, and trust that your identity is in him and not in that particular job. But I'm making no promises of how the Lord will work that, other than that sure. he is a faithful father and a good shepherd. Absolutely. Um, next question here. I'm on a path where my sins and addictions are likely mm. to send me to jail in a literal sense. Mm. Uh, this has been an awakening that my identity has not been as an ambassador of Jesus. I'm struggling with the feeling that I've lost the credibility to be an ambassador of Christ. I know this is not true, but I was wondering what insight or scripture you would help guide me with. Yeah. Well, thanks for the question mm -hmm. and for the honesty um, and for the fact that the Lord spoke to you. You know, mm -hmm. Tracy said it in her welcome. This is how we pray during the week, that people would encounter the Lord through the service, through the song, through the testimony, through the teaching of the word, that people would encounter. So you encountered the Lord. My encouragement to you is you're right on target when you say, I know it's not true that my sins have not disqualified me from being mm -hmm. an ambassador of Christ. Um, any more than being in prison disqualified Paul. Now you can go, no, these are my choices. Those were not choices he's made. Yeah, he got there for different reasons. I think I've said before, so I apologize if you're tired of me hearing, saying this, hearing me say this. But it's our honesty about our sin and our need for forgiveness and our transparency regarding the transformational work of God in our life and our continual need for God in our life that actually gives power to the gospel. That's part of your testimony. Hey, Paul was a guy who killed believers. And he had sins in his past that were miles high, as I do. We all do. As Tracy does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. we, we all have sin in our life, and our enemy wants to say, see, you're a hypocrite. See, you're not perfect. See, you're disqualified. And I don't want you to believe that lie. I want you to understand that our forgiveness and our repentance and our brokenness over our sin is the platform for your 
being an ambassador. You know, some, not your testimony is actually yours. Some people grow up in church and, and don't have addictions and don't deal with outward sins like uh, you're talking about here. And so their circumstances create a different opportunity for the proclamation of the gospel, of sharing right. truth. Mm-hmm. Yours is a unique story that God intends to redeem, and he will redeem. I don't want you to be um, the, this person. I, I don't want you to be stuck in your sin, to ignore your sin, or to excuse your sin. But nor do I want you to think that somehow your past and your story disqualifies you. It doesn't. It, it's a glowing where there's repentance and brokenness and humility. It's actually a great <laughs> platform for the gospel. Sometimes, I know this sounds crazy, sometimes it's the good kid that never did anything wrong that goes like, I don't really have anything to share. I've always been a good person. Well, a person did, if that's your story, a person like that approached Jesus and Jesus went, mm, you're not as good as you think. Yeah, you might want to think twice about that. <laughs> if you're coming based on your goodness, you're not uh, as good as you mm-hmm. think. So, um, but in that story, your story is of God's grace and protecting you from sin. Uh, in this story, it's God's grace of delivering you from sin. So I hope the forgiveness of God and the transforming work of his grace in your life will make you bold with your story. You don't have to be perfect. Mm. None of us are. And it's not just a one time. It's reality. I continue to need the Lord. Absolutely. Always need the Lord. That dependence upon the Lord, you're going to continue to need the Lord, not only to deliver you from the addiction, but to help you continue to walk in newness of life. That's your story. It's what your circumstances um, for the sake of the gospel. So thanks for asking. I hope that encourages you. It truly is amazing, the power of an individual testimony and the unique opportunity to meet people where they are. Um, to connect with people. Yeah, the reality is, Tracy, this this individual has gospel opportunities that I don't have and mm-hmm. that you don't have. It doesn't mean we should go sin in right. addictive ways so we have a story to tell. Mm-hmm. No, I have a story to tell, you have a story to tell, and this individual has a story to tell. It's That's, God's, that's the power of God's grace. Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't minimize what the Lord, the story the Lord has given you. Yeah. Um, we actually have another question here. Um, so their family has been preparing for Easter and reading through Exodus. And they said, having our identity in Christ being adopted into the family of God, why do we as a church not celebrate Passover? Hmm. Good question. We, uh, we do celebrate Passover the way Jesus told us to celebrate Passover in the sense that when we do the Lord's Supper— We are doing what Jesus did when he celebrated Passover with the disciples Mm -hmm. on the night he was betrayed. They were, as Jewish men, remembering uh, God's delivering of the Jewish people from Egypt. That's the Passover celebration. Jesus then inserted himself into that Passover feast and said, this bread that you do that reminds 
view of that deliverance. It's now body, my body that's going to deliver you from not just a physical slavery, but from a spiritual slavery. And this cup that you drink, uh, remembering how God has delivered, I want you to now drink in remembrance of me because I'm going to deliver you from slavery to sin, not a real physical slavery. So in that sense, we do celebrate Passover by celebrating the Lord's Supper because the Lord's Supper is to the people of God, the church, what Passover was to the people of God, Israel. Good differentiation. Yeah. So it's not wrong. To, yeah. It's fun, actually, mm -hmm. as a believer to go through a, a Seder feast, a Passover mm -hmm. celebration, and to see the symbolism. But we don't go back. The Old Testament, the Scripture says, the Old Testament is shadows that are leading to the substance. So once we have the substance, we don't go back and remember the shadows. Mm -hmm. We remember the substance. The shadows, Passover is the shadow. Jesus is the, the substance. substance. So we do the Lord's Supper. Well, and also on that note with Easter, just want to let you know, we have all the information available on our website too. So if you're planning for Easter. Not um, about we, Passover. Not about, about Passover, <laughs> yes, but about Easter Sunday services. Okay. And also we're having, um, we are doing Good Friday worship nights. We're doing it on Thursday night and on that Friday night. So would really invite you and could be a cool gospel opportunity um, to invite a coworker or a neighbor or somebody with you. So we invite you to check out that information. And we're really glad you joined us Can I us say one thing morning. before yes, you sign please. off? Because yeah. I recognize that sign off uh, uh -oh. paragraph there. Oh, man, I need to change it up. <laughs> I met a guy this morning, a young mm -hmm. couple uh, with young kids in the service this morning. And I didn't recognize him, so I introduced myself. And he said, hey, I've seen you on TV. I've been watching. This is my first time on campus. So if... You're in Jacksonville, and you've been watching but never mm -hmm. being on campus. I'd love to meet you. You ought to come sometime in person. It'd be great. Yeah. We would love to meet you. And we look forward to meeting you. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, and we hope you have a really great day.